0: John, get the toy coil up. Let's play it It's small enough to fit on your wrist But open the secret lid Activate the hidden energy pack And
1: It's the Mego Museum Podcast Scott and Brian each sold separately You can pull them You can bend them Even have a type of war
0: No matter how you stretch them Make it come and back for more
2: Hello and welcome to the Mego Museum Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. Hi, everybody. And we've got a special episode today because we've got uh, somebody who's very well-known in the Mego community sitting down with us, uh, Mark Huckabone, who uh, runs Heroes in Action Toys, uh, responsible for the presidential monsters. But before that, Mark was a toy dealer and has been, might have been actually the first vintage Mego toy dealer out there because he started when Mego was still in business. Did you know
1: that? I yeah, I did. I know a little bit about the, the the legend of Mark Huckabone. I'm I'm really uh looking forward to being able to sit down and 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 get him on record about 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 his history. But I know that he was, you know, a very forward-thinking kid who did what a lot of us wish that we had been able to do. Yeah. And um, you know, from my the yeah, absolutely from the earliest days of of uh communicating with Migo collectors um you know, there's that's always been that that legendary sort of name of Mark Huckabone.
2: Well, he got and, that he got that through hard work because when he when he got that was the pre-internet days. He would go to every podunk town and go to a toy show, mm-hmm. so everybody knew him. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, I think it's funny. I was just talking to a, a collector friend of mine that I've known a few years, but he's been collecting for about twenty years, and he he knew Mark from 1991. You know, bugging him about stuff, and and it's it's funny how many people know him and how far he goes back. So he's obviously been in the in the collector fad for a long time, and we're happy to have him. He's not much of an
1: online guy,
2: uh, much. Oh, no, that's Shigen.
1: true. That's true. I've i tr- always kind of wish that you know he would come by and post at the Mingo Museum or you know tell us about your stuff, and he's just. That's just not how he rolls. No,
2: it's nothing personal. It's just not how he rolls. But speaking of the Amiga Museum, before we sit down with Mark, I wanted to chat a little bit uh, to the folks out there. Um, I got a pretty neat submission today. I don't know if everyone saw the blog, uh, this being Monday. The uh, Steve Goldgetter playset uh, was, was sent in to us by a reader, and that's something I'd never seen before, and it's pretty neat. And I just want to put it out there again. That if you have something and it's not on the museum, uh, by all means contact us, send us photos, we're interested. Uh, the museum is still a work in progress, it's by no means done, and we're always looking for things to upgrade and improve it, especially when it comes to vintage Migo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's, uh, you know, the, the, the museum is a big, uh, sprawling place, and it's sort of grown like a weed over the years, and um, there's still all kinds of stuff that, that is yet to be added and um we're always glad to hear always glad to hear from new people. The Steve Golgitter thing is really cool.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, I but Scott and myself we'll fill it with everything that fills our interest, but I don't collect half of the Mego lines out there. So I you know, we do need and we always have counted on submissions from collectors. If you collect Fighting Yank, um Dynamites, any of that kind of stuff, we're interested in talking to you.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's, I mean, especially if if it is something like that 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 is a real passion for you, um, that uh, you know, that's where we that's where we really get the, the great submissions is from people who've who've really you know worked to accumulate their own collection and are, are ready to share it with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always been happy to, to to give a home to stuff like that, and um, uh, finding the time sometimes to add to the the website has been difficult. Um, you know, I know sometimes I run across submissions that I got from 15 years ago, and I'm like, "Oops, I forgot to add that to the museum." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm there. Yeah, I mean, all, all, all all the people who over the years bugged me with was like, "Hey, I can send in some photos of the Waltons." If it, you, know, what's it going to take to get the freaking Waltons <laughs> into the amigo Museum? And I was like, "I don't know," yeah. but um, uh, <laughs> fortunately. The the uh, improvements in technology and and our own improvements in our in our system have have made it easier to add stuff to the museum and absolutely um, you know so we can especially you know with our new blog format you can just just put it right up there and um, so yeah very cool very cool stuff and actually you know on the, if you if you want to contact us we have a there's a contact us button shiny new one in the museum it's a shiny new yeah we should actually maybe put up an email link and let people get in touch with us (laughs) so um hey what do you what do you want we're a couple of retro knuckleheads Six
2: sixteen 16 years and we figure out a contact us (laughs) (laughs)
1: button so yeah so 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 get in touch and uh do your part to add to the world's greatest amigo playset
2: you know talking about passions and, and and the confusion the biggest challenge i've ever had in the museum was when uh, vinny let me have photos of his lion rock world war 2 guys mm-hmm. because i have absolutely no head for world war 2 military history so i was just looking at these guys and half the packages are in italian <laughs> and you know, I just remember unveiling those galleries, and guys going, "That's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong," and it was—it was just so embarrassing because I just—I I was just kind of flying blind and pulling it on my butt, so to speak. So that's—that's that's one of my favorite uh, catastrophes that's happened during the museum.
1: <laughs> well,
2: Superheroes, is- I got. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. But even so, I mean, even just even with the superheroes, it seems like there's 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 always something else, you know, whether it was all those sort of Lily Letty stuff. And then the Bassa stuff came along and, you know, um, just all kinds of new stuff that keeps showing up that we have to keep adding in the museum.
2: I do get this email about once a year. How come this isn't on the Mega Museum? And the answer is because I don't own it. You know, no one's in a photo of it. I'd love to have it. Right. So that—that's the—that's the answer. If it's no grand conspiracy, nobody submitted a photo. So, oh, again, if you have something, send it on down. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Okay, submissions welcome. Yeah. All right. And uh, meanwhile, if you're if you're interested in uh, learning more about Steve Golgitter, check out the Amigo Museum galleries, um,
2: which could use photos and submissions of Steve Golgetter items. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Yeah, so is in the gallery, isn't he? Uh,
2: it's just a link to the catalog. I have the original catalog. Oh, okay. Shock! I own a vintage catalog, um, and so it's got four great photos of the stuff. But I don't. I don't have the uniforms or the carded stuff. I, I've had people promise it to me, but you know, life life gets in the way.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, like we say, the Mega Museum is a work in progress, and um, actually, we're uh, you know hoping to do some. If you may have noticed um, there's been a, a few changes to the front page lately as far as the way we link to the galleries. Um, so I've been going in and tinkering a little bit. I'm actually trying to uh, investigate ways to to upgrade the, the museum to work with um, iPhones and iPads and sort of the new mobile devices and stuff like that. Um, it's been about six years since we upgraded the galleries and unfortunately technology marches on. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, the more we can do to sort of tweak our interface and make it easier to add stuff, the better. But um, it's you know it still kind of surprises me that um, fifteen over fifteen years later, we're still adding stuff to this site and people are still interested in it. So still
2: still new discoveries. It's it's really nice actually.
1: Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, um, so we're just waiting to get back in touch with Mark, and we'll get this interview rolling.
2: Right on. Let's get it rock and rolling.
1: It's the Negro Museum interview. Nine volt batteries sold separately. I need help.
0: Keep talking.
2: You're coming in loud and clear. We're sitting here tonight with uh, Mark Huckabone, better known as the brains behind Heroes and Action Toys and
1: uh, Heroes West Coast uh, Toy Toy Company. Right. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the Negro Museum podcast, Mark. We're glad to have you.
3: Good to, good to be here. Yeah.
1: So you've, you've started out way ahead of the curve,
2: uh, if I'm not mistaken. You were dealing Migos when Migo was still in business, isn't that correct?
3: Yeah, they went out of business, if I remember right, I think it was the end of 83, and I started uh, they started selling, trading and selling the first toys I had in 81, 81 into 82.
2: So you were dealing the boxed ego Superheroes for carded ones? Is that what I remember?
3: Well, yeah. Actually, I, I first started. Um, I went to like a little f- local flea market and I bought a. Uh, I think the first. I think the first sale I ever bought it was uh, the lizard. It was the lizard, uh, Doctor Zayeth and I can't remember. I think there's one other one. I bought three loose figures from, from this lady, and then uh, the the lady told me that uh, there was a toy show. That was local, and I never even heard of a toy show. You know, I, I would go to antique stuff. You know, I never knew there was an actual show dedicated to, t- to toys, and end up being the King County uh, Toy Show in uh, St. Charles, Illinois, which right. happened just happened to be the largest toy show in the world, uh, or at least in the United States. And uh, so it was three times a year. So what I would do is I uh, the, the first time they took me there, it was like I remember going through there. My brother and I were like, oh maybe we could find ISIS. You know, because like. I had, it as a, you know, I had it when I was young as a kid. I guess I still was a kid, but I I had it years before, and we're like, oh, I would love to find ISIS on the card. And we walked in, and the first booth I walked into, I bought three boxed Ironmans for uh, $8 each.
0: <laughs>
3: and then the second booth I walk into, two-carded ISIS. And so I'm flipping out here. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I could, you know, we, we thought we'd be searching for years for ISIS, and it was literally the second booth I walked into, and there was two-carded ones, and I think those were uh, – Actually, I think I got the Iron Man for 6 each. There were eight and I got her down to six. So I bought them for 6 a piece and then I got the Isis. I think I had to pay eight. How old and, were you there? Oh, uh, that would have been uh, that would have been 1982. Wow. Yeah, more- I think it would've been 1982 and then uh uh gosh, it would have been 1984 was the first time I set up and I set up there to sell things. So, yes, yeah, so from 82, 83, and 84, I just would go there three times a year buying stuff. And, and I was thir- 13 years old in 1984, and I set up one time and sold some stuff. But the thing is, I, you know, I wasn't ready to sell it yet because it's like uh, I think my mom came to help me. And I was like I was never at the booth because I kept running around buying stuff, you know. There was so much there, so much there to buy. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I sold it when I was 13, and then I came one time. And then I came back when I was 15 and did the show you know, for – 17 years in a row, three times a year, and that was, like, my uh, main show to sell at.
0: Right.
2: Oh,
1: my gosh.
2: Now, I met you in the 80s, and you had started traveling by that point. You were pretty much a journeyman toy dealer um, by the time you were 20 years old.
3: Yeah, before I got before I my driver's license, my cousin used to drive me to, like, Toledo, Ohio. Then there, then there was the Toronto show. I remember the first time I was going to go to Toronto, um... Actually, I sent Bruce Zelkin up for me. You know, you know Bruce. I think I sent- we
2: shared a booth that time, yeah.
3: Yeah, because actually what it was is I, was, I just uh, met him over the phone. He was in Florida. I was in Chicago at the time. And I was going to Toledo, Ohio. And the same weekend as Toledo, Ohio was the Toronto Toy Show. And I heard rumors, you know, through the rumor mill, that there was some guy that had cases of Migos, you know, cases of superheroes. So I really wanted to go. But my cousin's like, you know, we have to leave tomorrow. Yeah, you know, he's like going from you know Ohio to Canada. He's like it's a little bit of a change. He's like we'll do it the next show. He's like well, let's just stick to the you know plan for Toledo. So I had to go to the Toledo show knowing that you know up there was uh, farther north in Canada was where I wanted to be. So uh, Bruce ended up buying a case from uh, I guess it was Joe Levy Joe Levy, show, yeah. and then uh, and then he ended up giving me half of them. He ended up selling me half of them. Yeah. But of course, some of the ones he sold me ended up not being the the, the mint ones.
0: <laughs> so yeah. He
3: switched them out a little bit, but I didn't care. Just I was just happy to have some. So it was kind of cool. So he bought twenty four, and I think I got twelve, twelve or fourteen. What well, I think about twelve? But ten or twelve? I think I got ten or twelve from that. And then so that I so then when I knew that you know, when he came back and he's like, yeah, you're right. There's a guy here that had cases of stuff. As soon as he confirmed it, then it was like I had to go to the next shelf for that.
2: Joe Levy introduced me to you because he said. And and just for the 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 sake of anyone listening, Joe Levy was this man who uh, kind of mentored me in toys. He was an older gentleman from New York City who lived in Toronto, and he uh, he managed to find the Mego warehouse before anybody else. And he called me up one day and said, "You know who you got to get in touch with? The huckster. He's a kid like you." Oh,
3: really? That I didn't didn't even realize that. That's when. uh,
2: Yeah, he called. He called you the huckster.
3: I remember I would talk to him for so many hours like on the phone and then when I you know finally went up there and got to meet him, it was great and then, um he didn't take me i he didn't take me to the warehouse until probably i think it was the next time I was up in Canada, yeah, but you know I first like you know he first would sell me his extra like when I first met him, I bought all the rest of the i think it was uh at that time about a case and a half of superheroes, yeah of the, the assorted box eight-inch ones. So I, bought, uh, so I bought 36 pieces from him. Then he had one sealed case left.
2: I bought
3: that. No, I ended up getting it. So oh, I bought a different one. I bought he his had, collection. Yeah. He had I, he had a sealed case and another, actually, t- two cases. And what I did is, and he ended up selling them to me the next time I went up there. And then the, the, the one sealed case he gave me, I ended up getting two cases from him, but the one I kept sealed for... uh Oh, I don't know, I kept sealed it for years and years and years. I never opened it. You know, until just recently actually. Did you? Yeah. I kept it sealed, I kept it sealed forever, and then I actually uh that was the one I took down to AFA to get graded. Oh. oh my I just recently took a case down there and we got uh I got like the UN circulated grades, which was crazy.
1: And this was I this got like I
3: don't even I even tell you those? This I, is that boxed we, or carded? Uh,
1: box. All boxed all boxed, okay.
3: Okay. I got a U nine. I got a you know because you know when they open the case themselves, they give you that U grade. Um, I got uncirculated. Uh, so I got a you know, the U stands for uncirculated. So I got a U uh, ninety five Spider Man. I got like a U ninety five Aquaman, <laughs> and then like a U ninety Green Arrow, U ninety Batman, another U ninety Aquaman, U ninety Spider Man. It was crazy. So I've added that of that whole you know I was gonna I was like oh, I'll sell them. And then when I see them I'm like, Oh man, I gotta keep these, so I'm on the fence on it now. I did I think I sold two so far, the twenty four. Oh.
1: oh. My gosh. So so let, me asking, let me ask you a question, going back to sort of sort of your origins. Like, what was I mean, it's not every thirteen year old kid who sets up in business to become a toy dealer. What was what was sort of driving what was driving that for you? Was it sort of an entrepreneurial impulse or was it just you were a collector and you were trying to accumulate things and this was a way to sort of you know flip and trade and get what you wanted, or
3: what was really going on. It was a hundred percent the, the world's greatest superheroes. There's no, no doubt about it. Out of anything, it was my desire for them that, that that that's what really got me to start selling things or just to get into it because I, I loved them so much, and there's just something about them. I used to take. Um, <clears throat> I remember when uh, when I was first collecting, we still would go to this, you know, like my mom would take me to this, like uh, the the uh, local mall. And we had a uh, Circus World store there. Indeed. I love those stores. Gosh, I would love to see those again. So we took it to Circus World, and they had like a little sidewalk sale. And in the sidewalk sale, they had Hall of Justices, and they had Joker Mobiles. And um, I'm trying to think what else they had. They had a couple of things that were like just random. And I remember the Joker Mobiles and the Hall of Justices, they were $4.90. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is still, you know, even at that time, they were still kind of expensive, you know, because their original price, you know, like they were, they were always, more, always more expensive than most stores. But they had a markdown at 4 dollars And I remember inside it, uh, in the Hall of Justice, they had that little booklet. And it was the, the last of the superhero little booklets that came inside the toys. It's the one that opened up... Um, Uh, Vertically Instead of horizontally Like the old ones Uh Mm -hmm. And so that one Was a double-sided one It had like the Munchkins Not the Munchkins It had the the, Yeah, the Munchkins And the Wizard of Oz On it And it showed Sonny and Sharon The Knights And all the superheroes And had the fist-fighting ones It was like It was the same images From the 76 catalog And they shrunk down The pages And put it on The little booklet so I carried that thing around, like, like in my pocket. I carried that around, like, my, like, like religiously. I, I had it in my pocket 24-7. So I would take it to all the shows and show everybody. And I'm like, I want these superheroes. And, like, so everybody knew me as the kid that was crazy I would buy whatever, any amigos you had. So what I would do is uh, when I knew the shows and stuff were coming up, I would just mow lawns and do whatever I could do just to get the money and save up everything I could and then go to the show and just and start buying them. And what I ended up doing is if I came across a toy that I knew – like if I came across a toy that I would see for twelve bucks, and all of a sudden I see it for three, uh, I'd buy it because I'm like, oh, I could sell it then for twelve, and then use that money and buy superheroes. So, the, so everything I did was just stemmed on the the superheroes.
1: Oh my gosh,
3: that and was like my hundred percent motivation.
1: And you're and, and then and, and, uh, and you're still like that today.
3: Yeah, you know what but I'm I'm kind of mad at myself because I did I took a little like I got burned out of it for a while, and I remember there was a time where. Uh, I kind of got burned out of the Super Heroes and and still, you know, it's it's funny. I guess I can't complain about it because I, I bought – I'm very happy with the purchases I did make. You know, I, I, I think are I have – Are you talking um,
2: about your Star Wars
3: phase? No, you know, what happened was I remember, like, for a while when, like, you know, like, actually when uh, – back in the – when toys are really starting to go strong, it was before the Migos really, really skyrocketed, but it's when other things are starting to pick up. It was actually during the phase that Ninja, when Ninja Turtles, when the pop-up mutant displays were, like, going for, you know, for a while there, people could get $50, 100 each for the turtles on the pop-up, I any mean, of the ones that said pop-up mutant display on it. And I remember I had a bunch of them, and some guy offered me, you're going to be nauseous when you hear this, some guy offered me a carded lizard for seven of the turtles, and I didn't do it.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: Yeah, I know. Oh, I know oh, this oh. is the thing that I was like still makes me nauseous when I think about it. Because the guy's like, oh, because I had some of the rare pop up meat displays and at that time I probably could have sold them, you know, for uh for, for like about seven, eight hundred dollars of the turtles, maybe nine hundred dollars for the turtles at the time and he's like, I'll give you a carded lizard And you know, the lizard. that was about what the lizard was going for and I always wanted you know, like I always wanted you know, I would always take as many as I could get. So I was interested but then for some reason I was like, man, I don't need any more of that crap. I think I already had like four lizards at the time. And I was like – and it's just stupid of me because it's like I know how rare it was. But it was like I was just kind of burned out of it for a while. Just for a while I was like, ah, oh, it's, like, it's just like I had to take like a little break. I was buying – for a while I obsessively bought them from so many years that I just was like, ah, oh, what do I need more of these for?
2: Yeah, I understand that.
3: I mean it's kind of weird. It's just like, you know, like yeah, yeah, you go through phases and oh, yeah. I, mean, I never got out of like – I never like. It's so funny. There's times where people would offer me a lot of money on some of my pieces, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe I'll sell it." And then when I'd go dig it out, and I'd look at it. I'm like, "Hell no!" And I put it right back, I'm like, "No way! No way! I'm getting rid of it."
2: There are things in my collection, and and you helped me get them. Where I'm missing like one character, on uh, like like the magnetic superheroes, I'm missing one of them carded, and it's just the, the passion for it isn't there right now. Like if one came along, I'd be really conservative about it. So I I understand what you're saying about. Burning out and letting things kind of grow back inside, basically.
3: Yeah, it's weird because there are some things like I got rid of some of my pally toy carded stuff. You know, we all know who you know. I got rid of the yeah. stuff too, a couple of years ago, and I really didn't want to get rid of it. But the numbers I was getting offered, I, I you know, there's, I, I I just I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like I I'd be crazy not to. So I would get rid of some of the stuff, and then I get then there's some, certain trades that would come by, and, and I got rid of some of the pally toys and a trade too, which. Uh, Things I didn't want to get rid of, but again, I was getting like really good stuff in trade. I was getting cash in trade, and it was just like, and it was stuff that I really wanted too. So it's like, you know, it was tempting. So since I, I since I broke the seal already, getting rid of a couple when somebody offered me money on it, it was a little easier to get rid of some. But I but uh, I I still can't. There's no way I can do it on the like uh, the U.S. packages. Like I still I think that is out of everything out of everything in my collection, the 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 eight-inch superheroes, the U.S. cards as my number one top, because that's what I had as a kid. Like, you know, the boxes, I, I mean, I had the boxes as a kid, too, because I went to the toy shows, and that's when I was first finding them were in boxes, but I was too young, really, to remember the boxes in the stores. I even remember the cards. You know, the cards really, you know, came out in 77. I was six years old, but for the most part, most of my superheroes were all carded. I mean, I vaguely remember the – I only remember the boxes because I went to toy shows, and I was, you know – buying them from collectors and antique dealers and stuff like that when I was a kid. But if it wasn't for that, I don't remember the boxes in the stores.
2: Yeah. What What is you know, your like, favorite piece in your collection right now?
3: Oh, gosh. <gasps> um, favorite piece. Uh, it's like a tie. Uh, Got to be... Gosh, you know, I'm trying to think of there's so many things, but I got to think of what really comes to mind is the carded Iron Man, my carded Goblin, and that uh, carded Wonder Woman.
2: Yeah, that's an Australian one, right?
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the. I mean, I would, I would probably. Green Goblin's my favorite character, hands down. He's my favorite character. But that Iron Man, that card, that card I have is so nice. That that one, and and I love that color blue. The way it goes with the <laughs> yellow and the red, It's just it, the colors on that one, even though Green Goblin my favorite character of all time uh, for villains, I would have to put Iron Man number one with Green Goblin two, Wonder Woman three. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, over the course of your of your time collecting, how many like how many goblins and Iron Mans have you had in your possession over the years?
3: Iron Mans, I had. Gosh, I shouldn't I should remember this. I had seven, I think. I had seven carded Ironmans, I only had two carded goblins, and I only know of three goblins total. Wow. I only know of three goblins total to actually be on the card sealed. In the world. And then there's three more that, um, two of them didn't have bubbles, one of them, you know, like, uh, you know, got restored and the bubble got put on it, but you could tell. So, I mean, out of goblins, I only know six total, three that were on cards. Uh, that one I think the one that Vinny had years ago, right? They had the part of the card that was missing even, like a chunk of the card missing. Oh,
0: and then right there was no. uh
3: the two where the bubbles there was two where the bubbles were off. And I think, you know, they were restored and put on. Wow. Mm. So even, And I actually so... sat down and guarded all the Ironmans too. And uh gosh I wish I should have should have did my homework and had that with me. But I remember out of the Ironmans, um, I'm pretty sure I had seven. And I think um I had it charted down to how many of them I knew to exist. guess if I had a few minutes, I could get back to you and, it, and I could tell you exactly because I have it written down like the ones I sold and when I sold them and, and how much and and over the years and where they were. Uh, it's it, it's, just it's okay. It,
1: it, it's fun to hear you talk about it because because I know that, that, that there's like something in your DNA that, that you're, you're, you, you know where those are uh, at all times. Um, yeah, and the
3: other thing I think I was kind of obsessive on was the uh, the Greatest American Hero, and um, and that was because of uh, when I was a kid. It was kind of like the when I was a kid, like the 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 holy. I mean, obviously the I always looked for the carded superheroes first, but it, it took me years into the business to really re, actually realize how tough they actually were. You know, like, like uh, when I was hunting them down. I was like, you know, man, I can't find this Iron Man. It's like, you know, like, I actually, I got one Iron Man early, but the bubble, uh, the guy cut the bubble a little bit and slid the figure out, and then put the figure back in it. And so I had, so I had one kind of early. But the Goblin was like my favorite character, and I was like, this is ridiculous. It took me 20, it took me 22 years before I got the Green Goblin, the first one, and then, or no, it took me 20 years to get the first one, 22 years to get the second one. It's ridiculous. He's like my, my favorite character, and I was like, it was, it, was, it was driving me crazy. But when I was real little, and I first started the, uh, the Holy Grails were uh, for Star Wars the Rock and Fire and Boba Fett, the Vinyl Cake Jawa, and the uh, Greatest American Hero. <clears throat> you know, and the thing is, rumors were always like, does this Vinyl Cake Jawa come out? You know, when when you know when I'm ten, twelve, fifteen, like you know, there's always like, you know, people said they had it, but you know, you, there was never proof. And then Lenny Lee from Connecticut. We did Lee's Toy Review magazine. Lenny and I go way oh, yeah. back. Well, so Lenny, Lenny had one, so Lenny was the only person I knew that had one. And then I ended up a few years later getting 21 uh, un mint, unpunched cards. My friend found 31 of them, and I got 21 of the 31. Jeez. So, and then, uh, and actually, my last one I sold to—that's uh, actually I sold to Leonardo DiCaprio. That last one I had, huh? I kept it in my collection forever. And then finally, when I when I met him years later, and he wanted it. I was going to keep it for myself, but when I wanted it, I was like, oh, I'm a survivor day, you know, because yep. I was the star as much as I was with superheroes. But, but that, so it was weird. So I, so, I, so I conquered that one with the Vinyl Cape Jawas, and then the Rocket Fighter and Boba Set. I ended up getting one. I ended up getting one, and I sold it, I sold mine for 3,500 years ago, and now it's like 10 to 20,000. It's crazy. Yeah. And and then the last one was The Greatest American Hero. And then when The Greatest American Hero, like, you know, the show was out. I loved the show when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, I saw the Serenity as one, but, I, you know, I heard the rumor that the Aiden's film, you know, they were going to make one. And I think there is um, six of them. I think if we go through I think there's six of them known, isn't there now?
2: I think so. I think so. And how many of those do you have?
3: I had four of the six.
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
3: uh yeah. I was a little obsessive on that one. But
2: uh now, speaking of obsessive, I, I wanted to you told me this years ago. You used to phone Migo as a kid, didn't you?
3: Yeah, back back in uh, uh gosh, back in I think it was 80, 82, 81, yeah. 82. I was reading the Wall Street Journal when they're actually having some of their problems. I'd go to the library and they'd get like little clippings and I'd read the the stories of like Marty getting in trouble, or like, you know, like the, the court thing. And there's, I, I know Marty was having problems, and I think it was a guy like Erwin Rosenthal. And, yeah. And I, so what I do is I write down all these names, and then I would call, and I'd ask them all these questions. They hang up on me all the time.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, because I'd always try to I'd talk to them, asking them, uh, I'd try to ask them, like, if they still had merchandise left. And uh, they they just, like,
2: that's what they wanted kind of to talk to. you. Like they to they,
3: think they almost sounded like more scared of me than I was. You know, them calling them. I they like. Hey, why are you asking all these questions? And they keep hanging up on me. <laughs> so yeah, and, and uh, but yeah, you because know, I was just trying to buy the toys. Because yeah. actually, back around that time when I was calling them, it's actually when um, uh, the pinpin toy figures came over.
2: Right. Remember when? Uh, yeah, that's when, like, a former or was an Amigo executive sold the Backstuck. Of of
3: um Migos. Actually, un- you know what it was? It was Alan. Oh crap, I'm there have a hard time remembering his name. There was a toy company called Exclusive Toy Products and- Exclusive, and Premier. To Exclusive Premier. Yeah, yeah, we are
2: yeah. very familiar with that. Yeah.
3: It was Alan, I can't remember his last name. Um he was a toy jobber years ago. Yeah. He actually told me he bought and uh somewhere I had the actual number written down. He went and found the warehouse that had the Tintin stuff in it.
0: It was and Europe.
3: It. Pardon? It was
0: in Europe?
3: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was France. I think it was France or Italy or somewhere. He got them. I think it was France, and he actually, somewhere in Europe, and he actually had them sh- uh, shipped over here. And he said he bought them for fifty cents each and flipped them for a buck.
2: Yeah, and so he said you... he
3: sold them to. Uh, I forgot. He said it was like twenty thousand pieces or something.
0: Yeah,
2: so that's all that. And, and you know, people forever will say those are Canadian cards. Yeah,
3: Canadian, my so yeah,
2: those are from France. Pin Pin Toys was from France.
3: Yes, yep. Pin Pin was the French distributor, and and uh, and yeah, the Canadian, you know, Canada was the Parkdale, and they went from Parkdale to Grand. So, to Grand. Uh, and
2: I, I wish Grand Toys carded eight inch heroes were common. You know, they're they're near impossible to find.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's it's weird. The French ones are more common than the you know the Canadian. Yeah. So, so he said he bought them for I think it's fifty cents each. I think he, I think he told me it was twenty thousand pieces, and then he had them brought over here, and he said he sold them to uh, Lionel, Kitty City, and Child World. They might Toys, have been one of the places he said bought them.
2: Toys R Us, I think.
3: Was it? I don't know if it's. I didn't see. I don't remember Toys R Us, but I know Lionel, Kitty City for sure got them, and then Child World, Children's Palace, they they bought them. But he right. said he bought them for fifty cents, flipped them for a buck, and so when I met him later, I was like, oh my gosh, you're the guy that actually brought them over, and he actually you know and. He was very familiar with that deal. So, and that was, that was, uh, when I, that was like an obsessive time in my life too, because I remember, uh, I remember going to, uh, Child World, and I went there a million times. So my mom takes me there, and I'm like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just walking. It was like Christmas time. I'm like, I'm just walking around. And all of a sudden, I go down the aisle, and all of a sudden I see like 35 carded Spider-Mans. And I flip <laughs> out. I remember grabbing one, running. Literally, I didn't walk. I ran. I ran to my mom. I'm like, oh, yes, look at this. And I, she's like, "So many man You already have them. I'm like, no, no, have, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm like, I haven't <laughs> had them here for like almost a year. And she's like, calm I'm like, I got to get them. And I remember running to the cart. I remember her saying, you're going to use your own money. And I'm like, fine. I remember running down and getting a cart, and I, I bought them all.
2: I did the exact same thing with Klingons. Uh, there's a store around here called Pennyworths, and I guess they went to Parkdale Novelty. Or bought from them because it was 19, 1985. I, We were just driving and I said to my mom, pull over here. I want to go in here for a second. She said, okay. And I filled her trunk with Klingons. They were a buck each. <laughs> I
0: would do the same thing.
2: Yeah. And she's just like, what are you doing? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I, I remember they were $2.78 a Spider Man. I'll never forget it. 2 And I remember buying them. I remember buying them. I was like 34 or 36 and then I remember, then I was like, oh, gosh, there's another child world. So then I got the phone book, and I started calling all the ones in like, Randhurst Mall and and Orland Park, and I was calling all the child worlds all around the Chicago area. And I remember the next day, uh, I remember calling, and i never forget, too, I remember calling, and I asked a lady, and she's like, hold on, let me go check. And I remember I remember looking at my brother, and I'm like, oh, hopefully they have, like, human torch, would it's so great to get him. And then all of a sudden she comes back, and she's like, we have La Torche Humaine. I'm like, oh, my gosh, because <laughs> it, it was in French writing, so she was, <laughs> and I remember at that time I only had, oh, that was it, Human Torch was the other one. When I told you I very, very first went to a, uh, when I first bought my first three Migos that, you know, it like got me into collecting, it was Dr. Zayas, Human Torch, and, and the Lizard. Those were the three I got at at, uh, uh, at the antique show. at the oh. ant- So,
2: so, so the actually so when she,
3: the lady said that there was, you know, Human Torch, I was like, wow, I didn't have them carded yet. The only one I had was that loose one that I had at the antique show.
2: That's funny, eh?
3: Yeah, so I remember my mom made me go to school the next day, but my brother got to stay home, and he and her went there, and they went to the, and now I found out later on the reason why they did that, is they went to the store to see if there was anything else that, like, they didn't tell me over the phone, and there was Mr. Fantastic, and they the lady, didn't tell me that over the phone. So what they did is they, uh, they bought, uh, Batman's Robins and the Human Torches with my money, and then they bought this Mr. Fantastic, and they gave it to me for Christmas.
0: Oh, that's
2: cool!
3: Oh my God! So they hid it from me, which is you know, which is cool. So my brother, you know, he got to stay from school. and He went to my mother shopping while I went to school, and then I, I found out later on that's why they did that. So I I couldn't see what was going on.
2: That's funny. That's awesome.
3: That's oh funny. yeah, it was great. It was, it was actually it was really nice that, that that my mother helped me with it. You know, was was involved in it and uh, really kind of liked it.
2: You know, what's funny about that is you mentioned that you know the human torch and the card was rare to you, and, and and in the pre-internet days, what you didn't have was rare. And I remembered Joe Levy, who we mentioned before, he had cases of Migos superheroes, but he didn't have any Tarzan. So that was the rare one to him. And I went to a doll show one day and found a boxed Tarzan for like five bucks. And I, I can remember honestly calling him from a payphone and going, I found him, I found him. Like, this was the most exciting thing in the world. And now, you know, you look at it, it's like, Tarzan's not that hard to get, you know.
3: But yeah, well, you know, it's funny because in those cases that that uh, Joe had, you know what? I don't. Re- yeah, there wasn't any Tarzan. Yeah, had.
2: he was always telling me that's the tough one, kid. And, and I found him at a doll show, like at the airport.
3: So, you know, I, I, it's funny too because I remember when uh, when I when when I bought those last ones from him. And it's funny too because he goes, "This is my own set." He like he had a set that he put aside, and in one of the and it was in the cases, and then he had this, this steel case thing. Yeah. And because uh, I ended up getting two steel cases from him. And I took the one recently, like I said, the AFA. But then I also got the uh, case that he had that was open that he like put his set in. But then you said you got his set too. so I wonder how many sets he had put away. I yeah, had his
2: personal set. Yeah, I got it. I got his personal set. There was tears. He in his told
3: head. me I got his personal set, so it's kind of funny. Like, I wonder how many uh, yeah. he had put away.
2: He um, he, def- well, I definitely cleaned him out. So this was definitely one he didn't tell you about because I, I remember that. But um, I still have those, by the way. Or half of them, anyways. But because
3: um. when I bought the last ones, when I bought the last ones, I got from him is when he was like, "Okay, you want to go check out the warehouse?" And that's when he took me to go meet Morris. And um, gosh, I'm, I don't know how old I was—nineteen, maybe.
2: Maybe, yeah.
3: And he took me there, and I remember the first time he took me to the warehouse. Uh, I remember, it was like, when I love Morris. In fact, uh, I'm going to go see him uh, next month. I want to go. Uh, I want to go hang out with uh, uh, Donna and them. I want to go see them and take them out to lunch. Every time yeah. I try to go to Canada, so we all have to, we should all go. Brian, you and I should go over there together. I was
2: I was telling you the last time that uh, we set uh, set up the Toronto Toy Show, Morris
3: showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. You sent me that picture. I love that yeah. picture. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. We we all got photos with. Did I this, Scott? We got photos with the president of Parkdale Novelty and his lovely wife. I don't think I saw those. No. I I got to give him a brick man tooth doll. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then he asked me if if uh, if I would uh, sell him the bodies, <laughs> which was a huge compliment. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: You know, okay. I didn't even, did I even tell you? We'll have to get back in this later. Too. This is the thing that was awesome. Last last year when I was out there, um, um, okay I made Obama first for my toys, and then we did the presidential monsters. Now after that, well, the uh, uh, Morris loved the Obamas, so I gave him one, and then. He actually took me to his house, and that was the first time I actually went to his house. And I remember his his daughter, Donna, was like, wow, Dad never takes anybody to his house. She's like, she's like seriously? She's like, that's awesome. So then I rode in the car with him, and then we left the warehouse, and I drove and went to his house with him, and then I, and then he brought me back, so it was really kind of cool. That's awesome. And uh, I got some 12-inch Batman, so he had in his basement still. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He goes, hey, you want those? He's, he's like, you want those on, uh, behind the couch on the floor? And it was a box of uh, Batman, so it was kind of cool. So it's like kind of cool to still get something from him. Like, that was great. But, uh, so then, uh, but, uh, anyway, so when I came back, I was, uh, his son Rob and Donna, his daughter, I was talking to them, and they actually, um, said that they would like to distribute my, uh, my presidential monsters and my, uh, presidential heroes figures in Canada. So as soon as he told me that, I was like, oh, hell yeah. It was like, to me, it was like, Full circle. I'm like, oh my gosh! I mean, I, the first thing I thought of it was like, I got to make a sticker that says distributed in Canada by Parkdale Novelty. <laughs> like, if I could, I'm like, just like have that on my packaging. That would make the world for me. That just that was perfect.
2: Well, that that's that's funny because like I've mentioned before, my dad used to buy closeouts from him, and that's where I got most of my amigos was from Parkdale Novelty. I can remember even being a little kid and my dad going, you know, I, I would bring him the Heroes World ads. And he'd go, oh, don't order from the States. I'll just bring you to Morris next March break. So it was really cool to be able to hand him a, a, a amigo I made, you know, and say, no, I really want you to have this, you know.
3: Oh, see, see, yeah, see, that that's that's why when he liked my figures and, and then when his son goes, hey, you, you know, maybe we can distribute them for you, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. It's like, that's so good. I don't care what kind of deal, I don't, you know, like, I don't care. That's, I would love to do that. Just the fact of them to distribute them. I'm like, I'd even go back and have the factory print cards, you know, just to have that on there, you know, like their own cards. I thought, I thought it was amazing when they told me that. So it was really kind of cool. But so yeah, so the first, so going back, I keep doing sidetracked here. But when he, t- when when Joe Levy first took me to go see Morris, I remember him coming out with a shopping cart, and because uh, he used to have real things back and forth from a shopping cart. And he came up to the front at first, and he would hardly talk, and as, I, I didn't even think he could talk because he was like, nah, nah, nah. like he just mumble, sound like the, um, the. Um, that one uh, hillbilly uh, bear, uh, the Hanna-Barbera. Like, he (laughs) mumbles, like, so hard to hear what he was saying. And I was like, is he okay? And I thought something was, like, really wrong with him. And then it was so funny. And it was just like he just, that's the way he was. And then once he knew me, then all of a sudden he started talking to me normal and everything. But it was so weird. At first, he was like, I could hardly understand what he was saying. And he would say very little to me. So when Joe first took me there, he was, like, real standoffish. And then the second time I took him there, he's like, "What, what do you want? And then, you know, and then he'd reel the shopping cart in the back, and he'd come back with like. Uh, I remember the one time he came back with like a uh, solid case of the Robin? Oh and yeah. I still have one of those cases.
2: He, he can, when when I showed up there in '85, on the desk covered in dust was a roll of the Migo film strip catalogs, like I would say six inches thick, and it looked like it hadn't been touched since 1975.
3: Uh, See little, those little thin catalogs that came inside the toys? Yeah. Oh, I have been all over that. I have been yeah. – oh, wow. I, That's amazing. I'd never seen those when I was there.
2: I took one, and my my dad wasn't real thrilled I did that. Um, but, you know, I filled my car full of everything that he offered me that day, and it was amazing. And this showroom and, – and I've talked of these before, and I've talked to them with you – this is a funny thing about Parkdale novelty when they had overstock of the Action Jackson outfits and of the superheroes. What they did was they shrunk wrap a carded superhero with four action Jackson outfits. you can back the boxed on, one the boxed one, yeah, and I on, have one still you have one still and I've been dying for a photo of it.
3: Yeah, I have, yeah, I have I, Batman, the, and uh, he's in the middle. And then there's two outfits on the front, or one on each side of him. And there's two outfits on the back, one of each side. The thing that so, he when, does. so when you look at it, it's got the front of the box with you know, two fronts of the outfits, and then you flip it over and you see the back of the Batman box with two outfits facing you on the back.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm holding you to getting me a photo of that, but the thing... I'll get
3: you a picture because cause there's a little sticker that they put on it, and it says "Dow with four outfits." Yeah, and that's it, so beside the shrink wrap, that sticker is the, 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 like. The one unique thing, and it's a it's a yellow sticker with red lettering, and it says "Dow with four outfits." The
2: so the thing that Brad Taylor of Third Planet and I used to joke about was in there. Next to it was a Spidey in an AJ Cowboy outfit. Do you remember that in the showroom?
3: No, I don't. Oh, wait, in the little like in that glass case, like yeah. the little uh, half, um, like when you walked in where the office was, there was a uh, like a half wall case on the left.
2: No, they actually had a they had a they had a showroom that was. Um, that was that had the Mego Star Treks, and then they had those sets, those AJ sets, and right there was the Mego Spidey in an AJ cowboy effort to demonstrate what the product was, and it always just made us laugh, you know. Now with Toy Biz, Toy Biz did a cowboy Spider Man a couple of years ago, so you know Parkdale was a trendsetter, but it was so goofy when you know back then.
3: Yeah, to see the Western outfit on Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, but now I mean
2: it's nothing. But it was. But it was I
3: think because they Morris told me too, like they they what uh, they printed up those superhero stickers to put on there. Yeah, they helped sell the actual Action outfits because yeah. they had so many.
2: In fact, if you look in the Sears catalogs from '75, um, you can see where they've actually they have Planet of the Apes, and right below it, they have the AJ outfits being offered as outfits for your superheroes. So they were, you know, they were very, they over ordered basically. And so they were
3: doing whatever they can to get rid of it, because I remember him saying that they had the stickers printed up, you know, because they had the Super Hill logo on it, and then it said, you know, for use with Super Hills, Planet of the Apes, you know, started yeah. listing knights, you know, all the different, uh, whatever it was, they started listing all the different, uh, 8-inch figures to use it with.
2: And I remember, too, seeing Action Jackson outfits in toy liquidators here up until, like, 85, 86. You know, uh, they were... They were not uncommon in Canada, neither were the twelve-inch heroes. But you know, they did what they did. So,
3: and I think it was—I think Morse said they ordered a thousand dozen. I think that's what uh, to get the twelve-inch ones made.
2: Yes, the, yeah, I think I think you're right.
3: Now, he said that uh, he wanted twelve-inch, and, and Marty didn't want it. And he said, "How much do I have to order to to, to get you to make them for me?" And they said, "A thousand dozen." Yeah. So he ordered a thousand dozen of Spider-Man and Batman.
2: I loved that Robin as a kid, man. Um, Now you—you were talking about travel. How many toy shows do you think you've done in the last thirty years? Yeah. Oh
3: gosh. Um, Gosh, I have no idea. I remember uh, I used to do on average nineteen. I used to do nineteen to twenty-two. I think in the the highlight craziness. But otherwise, on average, it used to... Every year it used to be uh, King County was three times a year. Uh, Atlantic City was twice a year. Uh, FX Show was in Florida once a year. San Diego Comic-Con, Chicago Comic-Con. I would do the Penta in New York. That was a short lived show, though, but that was... So there's, what, nine right there. Um... Oh, wait, in Toronto. I do Toronto twice a year. Mm-hmm. So 10, 11. So there was like 11, I think 11 for sure. And then there's a little ones I do here and there. Like each year, i would be something new. Like I went mean, oh, Glendale, do Glendale, California. I, forgot about, wow, I, forgot, I even forgot about that show. Because when I first was doing Glendale, that's when Atlantic City, New Jersey was only once a year. It was every uh, uh, March only. And then they started to March and October when they went to the other convention center.
2: So I guess your answer is a lot.
3: <laughs> but yeah, so there's times where I'd be on the road for like uh, – I think the, the one cool thing is I could still go to so many, many states and not have to ever pay for a hotel, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I still know people like where I can go visit people. Like, hey, how are you doing?
2: <laughs> I remember in the early 90s, I think it was – was it Child World was closing down?
3: Yeah, or? Child World was closing down and they, uh, they, they w- used Chicago as their dumping ground, which is the – Beautiful. I'm so very, very happy that they did that because, uh, I think it was the, um, I wonder if it was Orland Park. I which store it was, but one of the stores I went to and they let me in at 9. The store didn't open until 9.30. I had my friend Ron with me and they gave us both razor blades and Ron took the left side, I took the right side, and we spent, uh, we were there from 9 in the morning to uh, 9.30 at night. They're ridiculous. I mean, we spent the entire day and night there going through boxes and buying stuff because they took three semi-trucks uh, in, from Florence, Kentucky, and uh, Louisville. Florence, Louisville, and it was Kentucky, the Cincinnati area. So the Ohio, Kentucky, and I think parts of Tennessee. And they took and they shipped the three uh, semi-trucks up. And uh, and I remember, uh, gosh, they're so awesome. I bought, like, uh, 450 Corgi cars.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: For forty-five cents each, and then there was—I um, bought a case of uh, Supermans. I found a case of French carded Supermans on the seventy-nine card. So I got a case of twenty-four of those. Uh, and the coolest thing—I think one of the rarest things—is not Mego, but it was just—it was amazing. Do you remember Ben Cooper made those um, little rubber figures?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I
3: got—I—and I, I didn't mean when I when I went to Charlotte I didn't see this. But there was a guy that—oh um, gosh, what's his name? It had a tip of my tongue. Um I think it was like Jarvis or something. Some it was a weirder name, but he, this guy worked at Charles World and he came to King County and he's like, Oh hey Mark, he's like, I heard you're at my store for hours, you know, buying you know, he's like they let you in the back and I'm like, Yeah, and then uh and then he's uh then he mentioned something to me. Oh, somebody at King County, it was Rex and Richard Gray. Remember I think it was Rex and Richard Remember they they had a toy collector magazine a long time ago?
2: Oh man.
3: Like, do you remember them?
2: Oh, that sounds familiar.
3: Toy co- illustrator, toy collectors. It was like a little like a newspaper. It was like a printing thing. They stapled it together. It was like a, it was almost like the. It looked like almost like the wrapper, like the old. Oh yeah, I do. It was almost kind of like the wrapper magazine, like the trading card thing, but it was like a toy thing. And pre- before, before toy Shop, or any of that stuff. Anyway, but they were these two brothers that uh, would sell toys in Chicago. In their booth, in the other building, I, they were in the Dow building. I was in one of the outside sheds or the. Um, you know, one of the toy sheds. Yeah. They uh, someone came by my booth and they go, Oh, look what I found! And they had Red Skull, and I like flipped out. I'm like, Oh my gosh! I mean, you know, because for years they they made Red Skull, um, Doctor and Doctor Strange, yeah. and little yeah. Ben Cooper little rubber figures.
2: Which is an, a terrible assortment.
3: Yeah, I know. There's they Spider Man, Spider Man, Red Skull. Uh, they didn't uh, yeah. make
2: Captain America.
3: <laughs> yeah, they had no Captain America, with this Red Skull. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a really weird combination. But they had, but uh, I remember there was a, a friend of mine in Chicago named Ron Massingo And uh, he, uh, I would always, he was like my, he was like a Yoda to me, early He was like a mentor to me. And he had them in his window in Chicago. And I offered him like 10 bucks each. He said, no. I offered him 15 each. He said, no. I offered him 20 each. He said, no. 25 each. He was like, no. So I think I finally offered him like 150 for the set. And he still told me no. And so I couldn't get these from him. And then all of a sudden, some guy walks into my booth at the toy show. And he has like uh, the rubber uh, Red Skull and Doctor Strange. And I'm flipping out. And he goes, Yeah, those guys, Rex and Richels, two brothers. They have them over there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, do they have more? He's like, Yeah, they're ten bucks each. And I give this guy money. I go over they give me whatever they have left. And then the guy who is standing next to me happens to be that that Jarvis guy. And he's like, Mark, he's like, those are at our store. He's like, those are at Charlebov right now. I'm like, No, they're not. He's like, he's, I'm like, they are. I'm Like I didn't see them there. He goes, Yeah. He goes, we, we we just said it. He's like, he must have missed them. And I know I wouldn't have missed them. So it must have been. Some of the boxes that Ron was going through because Ron didn't know everything that I wanted like I did, you know. Yeah. And I remember, so so I remember like uh, he's like we, he's like we have a big bin from the floor up to like your chest. He's like this big metal bin, and they just dumped them all in there. So I remember I gave I gave Ron like a couple hundred dollars, and he left the show. He's my only helper at the show. He left the show, drove the to while during the show, and bought them all and came back.
0: That's so, <laughs> so cool. I was like, oh
3: my gosh. So we ended up getting like a hundred and fifty. Spider-Man's, and I think I got, like, six, 50 or 60 total of the, other, of the other three. But I was just happy to get any of them.
2: Yeah, and you had a display box of those at one time as well, Yeah, right? yep. Yeah.
3: I had the display box, and actually I sold that to uh, Brian uh, Brian Marotti, who owns Funko Toys. Oh, cool. He bought that.
2: You sent me photos of that. That's going to go in my book, actually.
3: I love that thing. Yeah, I, you know, and it's like, and he really liked it, so I said, okay, you know, like, I did a deal and let him have it. But it's like I really, that was one piece where... Yeah, I told him like, "Oh, if you get rid of it, I, you know, I want it back. Sold back to me." But yeah, that was uh, I love that piece. Yeah,
2: it must be tough being a dealer, but you're also you're you you love this stuff, you know?
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's certain things I've sold, uh, a couple things I've sold, where like now I'm starting to collect again. Uh, you know, beside Nigos, I think the, my other favorite. You know, when you're asking like favorite toys, yeah. Uh, beside the the, the those three Carded cereals I told you, really, really the the, the eight inch superheroes, That that's like my main thing. And, like, the Joker Mobile and the Bat Lab, those are two of my favorites by far because I had those as a kid. Um, the Bat Lab, my dad got for me at an auction. And then the Joker Mobile, my mom bought for me when I was um, when we went to that Circus World store at the sidewalk sale. So that's, always, so that's always been, like, a favorite, those two.
0: So but besides
3: cool. that, my, I think my other favorite toy would be the 9-inch uh, the Remco Creature from the Black Lagoon.
2: Oh yeah, you love the Remco monsters. That's like, right. You know
3: what? And I was never a big monster fan originally, but I always loved the Wolfman. And I always loved the creature from the Black Lagoon. The creature from the Black Lagoon. I used to uh, carry in my car. Like I like in in Chicago, we never had them that, that I remember. But I remember there was a, a um, the best magazine on Earth was called Collectors United. Wow! Did, did you ever hear that?
2: No, no.
3: Yeah, I shouldn't even be saying that. We should take that off. <laughs> what? But anyway, Collectors United, because I think it's still around, it's uh, uh, John Bonavita and I used to be like, I used to stay home from school every day The Collectors United came out. It would be sent to you the first Monday of every month. It was the first Monday. For, yeah, it would arrive the first Monday of every month and I would stay home from school once a month when that thing came in.
2: Oh, it's a doll collectors thing. It's a yeah. doll
3: collectors magazine, Collectors United, and it's a Remember Toy Shop? Back in the heyday when Toy Shop was super thick? Yeah. This thing was same size as Toy Shop, all written ads. There would be some full-page ads. There would be some half- and quarter-page ads. But the majority, the entire thing was these little advertisements. And I would literally sit there with a ruler. i just start going down looking for Superman, Batman, Superman, Meagle, Beagle, Batman, anything like that. And it just and you'd have to just sit there and call. And literally, uh, John Bonavito, that's how I first met John, you know, he always put ads in it. Wanted, you know, this, 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 and this. Because you know, lots of times I'd see, like, I'd go over, the, uh, I'd go over his ad, and be like, "Oh gosh!" And I'm like, "Oh crap!" It says "wanted," you know, because I'd would see like you know, one million BC dinosaurs and stuff like that, and I'd be all excited, but I looked at it, it as a wanted ad, not not for sale.
2: I remember John sent me a wanted ad that had things I'd never heard of in it, <laughs> and he actually told me that was very detrimental because that all all that did was inspire ten other guys to look for that stuff. You know because he oh got, he
3: would put stuff in there purposely well, you mean
2: know? yeah no he would he would he would take a rumor and he was smart like, this is like eighty eight eighty nine and he, he was always the foreign guy right and he would take a rumor and say someone would say oh Palatoy made a, a Helena Carter and a Moonbase Alpha playset so he would send you a want list saying wanted Palatoy Helena Carter and Palatoy Moonbase Alpha playset and then that, because it was the early days and it was all kind of word of mouth, people would actually think that existed. So it would appear on 10 want lists. You know what I'm saying?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, because one person would see that. It was the same thing like the Vinyl Keep so that one guy that only least they wanted. Vinyl Keep Jawa paid, you know, top dollar paid... And the thing is it was always like does that thing even exist you know, and then people would take like the Ben Kenobi cape and try to cut it to make it look like it, and yeah, you know that was like with the Star Wars thing too. It was like it was always like a, no one knew if it really existed, and like with the greatest American hero, you know it's like did it come out or didn't it come out? you know nobody you know like you know, like back then there was no you know, there was no internet, there was no there was really no magazines on toys, there was no websites or you know there was, you know the internet wasn't around on it, so like you really you had to discover this stuff yourself.
2: Well, I, 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 and you say that you know that was um, the Logan's Run Migos. I was going on what John um, McGonagall told me in 1987, which was that he saw a report on CBS TV that the figures were destroyed. But he saw and what? He, he saw oh, Okay, he he uh, he saw a report on TV that the figures are being destroyed because the the TV series got canceled. And that sounds dubious as all hell, but...
3: No, but that was true. Wait, wait. I think Marty told me something like that. Wait, it was on TV, right?
2: He said, it, John McGonagall said he saw it on CBS TV. It was a report on Mego having to destroy the inventory of Logan's run figures because they the show got canceled. And, you know, for years people cried BS on that. And, and John McGonigal was sadly no longer with us. And he was absolutely right. You know? Um, and I would love to find that report.
3: But, you know what? I think um, I heard that too. I wonder if I heard it from John though. Maybe I heard it. I don't know if I heard it from Marty or maybe I did hear it from John. Or I think it was John because I used to talk to John a lot uh, years and years back. And I remember. You know, maybe it was him. <clears throat> you know, it sounds familiar, but it c- could sound familiar because of you and I talking about it with John even. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, but it's funny because remember think about that. You hear those rumors, and then uh, and then look how you know how there's some truth to it, you know.
2: Absolutely, you know. Um, There's still some things I'm trying to prove John right on, like the new Avengers dolls in Africa and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's that's funny you mention all that stuff now.
3: Because you hear that, and then you had no clue it really existed. And then when and then I remember when I first um, I remember when I first found the Logan's Run. Uh, I was at Toy Fair. No, I wasn't at Toy Fair. take that back. I ran into the guy again at Toy Fair. Oh, you know, it was a great story. And uh, and I was – okay, I was at a show at the Penta Hotel in New York. Okay. And I bought this Captain Action – it's so funny. Some guy comes in with a Captain Action store display. (laughs) And it's, like, super ridiculously rare. It was a yellow display – and it had uh, cardboard Captain. It had Captain Action in the middle, and it had cardboard like cutouts, uh, thick cardboard cutouts of all the, the characters, the outfit pictures. And, and the Captain Action was in the middle, like the doll would be in the middle of the display. And then there, then it would come out like a, the sides would come out like a triangle kind of thing, and you'd have all the like the little cardboard cutouts of the characters, like Spider-Man and Steve Fury, and and you know uh, Batman Jared. and Aquaman and Captain America stuff like that. You had the outfits coming out. Um, I actually, maybe, maybe Spider-Man wasn't in it. I think it was only the first series once. Yeah. But anyway, so then the top had the little uh, little triangle shape and had the little Captain Action logo with his face in it and had the Captain Action uh, name logo on the bottom. So anyway, so this guy comes into the the Penta Hotel, and uh, I was with Barry Goodman at the time, Crazy Barry, uh-huh. and, uh, and everybody was hounding this guy. Everybody was hounding him and bugging him and trying to buy it. I was a little kid. I laid low and I thought, you know what? This guy does not like the way everybody's hounding him. So I'm gonna lay low. So I laid low and uh, I actually actually talked to him and I said, Well, you know what, I'm not really into it. I don't really care. But uh, you know, I like an ego. I'm like, I don't really like Captain Action. I go, but I know people that pay really good money for it. I go, So you know what? I'm like, You get everybody's offer, find out what everybody wants on it. I go, But don't don't jump on the first offer. I'm like, You can get you know, you can get good money on this. And I think I told him I at the time, it was at least you know it wasn't it wasn't complete. He threw out part of it. He only had he only kept the parts that had the characters on it. He threw out a lot of the rest. So I think I told him. I forgot even what I paid at the time, but I think I told him it was at least two hundred and fifty to four hundred or something. I don't remember. But anyway, so <clears throat> I let it go. He came back to me, and he came back to me at the end. And he everybody he was like getting mad at everybody because they were just bothering him so much. And he came back to me, and he said, um, he said to me, he's like. Uh, He's like, uh, would you give me, I don't know, two fifty or $400, four hundred, four fifty, whatever it was. He's like, he, he came and he offered it to me, so I bought it. And then I was talking to him, and he mentioned to me he had a Logan's Run unproduced prototype, and I just about already hit the ground. So then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, can't have anybody else talk to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lock him down. I gotta make sure. So I had his information, I had his phone number and his name for eight years never called them because I was always, I was afraid to call him. I was like, Oh, I don't bother the guy. I don't bother the guy. And I'll give it some time. And I'd find it. And I'm like, Oh, I got to call this guy. And I'm like, oh, I'll just let some time go by. And then, and then I just kept like, like letting it like lapse kind of. And then all of a sudden, uh, I remember I was at Toyfer. fair. I'll never forget it. The toy years later, I'm going through the uh, Kenner showroom and I see, um, Jim. Oh my gosh. Jim Mikowski.
2: Mikowski, yeah. Heroes. Hero yeah, um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I see Jim Mikowski. And then all of a sudden I'm uh, you know, I'm like, oh I say hi to him. And then uh and then all of a sudden I remember I walk into the next little room and I see this guy, I'm like, gosh, this guy looks kind of familiar. And I read his name tag, and I read his name tag, and I just like my whole heart just sinks. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I know that guy, that's a guy from the show. So then I like, uh, I like pulled them aside kind of in, in, uh, cause I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't want anybody to hear. And I pulled them aside. And ironically, the weird thing is, um, I think Jim Mikowski is the one who bought that display for me. Uh-huh.
2: Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird.
3: I think it is. I think it is. right I think I, I think I'm, I think I sold it to him. I'm pretty sure that, that he's the one. Yeah. I, I sold it to him years later. So the funny thing is, so it's like, so I see this guy at Toy Fair and I see Jim at Toy Fair and I didn't even know that this guy would even be at Toy Fair. it's really weird. So anyway, so, uh, I see him, and I, I, I mentioned you still have that Logan's Run thing. And I waited till like, way, I got him way away from that area, and then I asked him. And then he said, yeah, and then we uh, got his number again. And then I think it was two years after that, I called him up, and he didn't want to get rid of it, but uh, I, I asked him if I could take pictures of it. And then I ended up going to see him, and I ended up making him an offer, and he took my offer.
2: Oh, that's terrific,
0: yeah.
3: So so, but I remember it's so weird. It stemmed off from the thing way back when. So it's always like if you get, like, a vibe or something, like it was something about that guy, and I like and I just I, I stayed in touch with him. And it was just so weird that it was the same person, and it would be years later. And that's how uh, I got the first uh, – the first. actually, I got two of them from him, two of the Logans. Oh, yeah. Now, and those eventually went to you.
2: They did, and they are not leaving me. Um, <laughs> now, you um, – What's the weirdest or coolest thing someone has brought you at a show that you can remember, or, hmm. or the, that you have found at a show?
3: Well, I remember. Uh, I remember actually one of the last things you actually would have appreciated this. There was a, uh it was that one of the last. Uh, it was only two years ago. Two years ago, Chicago Comic Con, and my. <clears throat> And it was good. It was good too. I was selling things. And I'm like, I don't want to buy crap. You know, I'm in the selling mood and no buying. I don't. There's really nothing I really need anymore anyway. And some guy walks into my booth and he hands me a flyer, and my jaw dropped. And, and knowing what this is, your jaw would have dropped too. Some guy hands me a flyer and I, or like a piece of paper. And on the piece of paper, it's a colored Xerox of a picture of a talking Spider-Man, Super Softy in the box, Uh-huh. and a Lone Ranger. Oh, okay. And I'm like, ah! Because so I, I see the, the Spider Man, I'm like, no way! Because that Spider Man is the one I needed at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and I needed Spider Man and Batman. Now I've got them both, but uh, but I needed Spider Man really bad.
2: If anyone's listening, I still need a box talking Batman.
3: <laughs> that was the yeah. That was the last one for that That's the I thought Spider Man was tough. I think Batman is the, is the toughest. Yeah,
2: it took me. I, I got Spider Man seven years ago, but. Um... Batman is, is is really really tough, but anyways, keep going.
3: I, so, so this guy hands me this piece of paper and he's like, "Do uh, you have any interest in these?" I'm like, uh, yeah. "Yeah." And then he's like, "I have uh, like he's he's like I have a whole bunch of these." I'm like, "Whole bunch of these?" I'm like, "What do you mean a whole bunch?" And he's like, "Well, he's like at my mom's place. He, he's like uh, we, we like they bought some old store stuff and it looked like some of the boxes were water damaged. He goes, I think we got four or five spider Spider-Mans, and it's like you know oh. you know." two or or four or five, like, Lone Rangers or something. I was like, no way. And then uh, he's like, yeah, but I have these on me in the car. So then I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to get these. i got to get these. Oh, there's two two Spider-Mans. had two Uh Spider-Mans. One had almost a full box. The other one was missing the lid and part of the side. And then there was a Lone Ranger. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Lone Ranger, I mean, Lone Ranger's cool, but I had Spider-Man. So then I remember, and, and I was, like, tried to play cool. And he's like, okay, well, I go, come back. And I didn't give this guy's information, and he walks away. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have this guy walk away. And then I was, like, nauseous. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, there's not too many toys I care about. I have to have that Spider-Man. I have to have that Spider-Man. So then I remember I had some stranger watch my booth, like one of my customers who I really didn't know. And yeah. Like, watch my booth. And I'm running right the Tracking this guy
2: down, yeah.
3: Yeah, I was trying to find this guy. And then I was like, what a fool. Finally, I find him. I find him, and he's by uh, Mike Carbonero. I don't know if you know Mike Carboneau. He owns a company, Neat Stuff.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
3: It's on, like, the, the Big Apple Show in New York and stuff. So i seen him, and I'm like, oh, no, he's over there. And, and it's so funny because I finally talked to him, and I'm like, hey, I want those. And, and see, Mike's not stupid. And that's why you got to be careful when you talk to people. Because Mike saw me talking to this guy, and Mike's like, why is Mark talking to him? And Mike always watches, you know, like he's, he's smart. So, and what happened is I told him, I go, yeah, I'm in it. And he's like, okay, I'll go to my car and get it. Mike follows him to his car and buys it from him.
2: Oh.
3: Yeah, totally weaseled me on it. So I remember I was just nauseous. The guy came back to me, and the guy came back to me, and he's like, oh, hey, uh," he comes back to me. He's like, I go, where's the Spider-Man? And he brings me the stuff from his car, but he does not bring me the Spider-Man. He goes, oh, your buddy bought him. My buddy? He goes, yeah, remember when you talk to me? Your buddy. I go, no, that guy's not my buddy. (laughs) I was like, Uh. and and then he's like, uh I go, if he's such my buddy, he would have followed you to the car and offered you this money. And he goes, I'm sorry, I feel real bad. He's like, uh, "He's like, buddy, have more at my mom's house. I just got to get back over there. She lives in, like, you know, Maine or something. I'm like, oh, crap. You know, it's like it was out of state. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this could be years before I get this. So then, uh, but, you know, it was so funny. I was so upset, but he brought me a uh, comic action heroes, or not comic action heroes, a comic scene to store display. Neat. Like this little sign, and he brought me two Aurora signs. But I remember I was like, I was like, I don't care about these. One had Batman on it, one had Hulk, and I actually sold them, and it was really—I mean, actually, I did really well with them. But I remember I was like, he and he felt bad. He's like, I'm sorry, sold that Spider-Man here, and he gives me the like Aurora things for you know a decent deal. But I was—but uh, <clears throat> the thing is, I was—I didn't care about that. I want the Mego thing. So then I ended up talking to Mike and groveling with him, and but Mike knows when you want something, then he's like, it's worse.
0: Yeah,
2: And he
3: made me come to New York and do his show to get it.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: He promised me I could have it. But he goes, Mark, I won't sell to you until you come to my show and do my show. I'm like, come on. I, I'm like, so busy? He's like, well, I'll come. He's like, Mark, I promise you, you can have it. I'll work you out a deal. <laughs> so I had to actually go to New York, set up, and do a show to get that stupid Spider-Man. And then it almost backfired on me because um, as I was trying to get into the show, I, like before the show started, I'm walking in. One of my customers comes up to me. Uh, one of my, you know, I used to see in Atlantic City all the time, and I haven't seen this guy for years. And he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I'm like, "He's like, oh wow, I didn't know you were gonna be here." He's like, he, "Hey, you think you can get me a pass?" And I walked him into the show early because oh. you know I, I saw him outside, you know, like, and I was walking in, so I walked him in. I walked him in, and then he, then we're walking, and I forgot he collects only Spider Man. Right. So then, all of a sudden, we're walking, and he comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, do you think you can give me the super softy Spider-Man I'm talking one? I'm really looking for that." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I just walked a competitor into the show, <laughs> and and so then all of a sudden, my heart sink and 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 I did not buy it yet for Mike. And Mike's all about money. If someone offers money, this guy, and this guy's like, oh, "I'll pay whatever." I really want this. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, I just walked this guy in early to a show. And now I can't get, him. I can't kick him out, and uh, I don't know where Mike is. And I kept walking by Mike's booth, and he wasn't there yet. And I just kept seeing the Spider-Man there underneath like a cloth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if this guy sees it, I'm screwed.
0: Yeah. And then
3: so what I ended up doing is I had the guy, I asked the guy, could you do me a favor? Could you watch my booth for a second? I got to go do something. So I left him in my booth for like a half an hour.
2: He did that to me. And I kept circling
3: me. Mike's booth, and finally when Mike came there, I was able to buy it. I, I was I've, able to buy it, and then I brought it back over. And I, I brought it back over, and then he's seen it. And then I tried to—I offered him the one that was where the box was because I bought both of them. I offered him the one where the box was torn, and he didn't want that one. He wanted the other one.
2: I've had the pleasure of, um, of, of watching your booth on many occasions.
3: Oh yeah, great, great. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring into that one. I uh, uh, I uh, actually oh yeah because you really helped me during the uh, the Migo, that first MigoCon con in New York.
2: Yeah, I packed up your stuff and left some of mine in there too. That's right. That was the, yeah, that was the New York MigoCon. con. That's right. Uh, that was me and Dan Crandall packed up your stuff while you did an impossible deal.
3: Oh yeah, I remember that? That was yeah. crazy. I had no sleep that time. I flew to I I I flew to Chicago, went through some stuff, flew to California, went to my warehouse there, sent two trunks of Migo stuff. I pulled the really good stuff, uh, uh, um put it in two trunks, flew back to Chicago, rented a car, put the trunks in the car, filled up the the car with other stuff, and then drove nonstop 14 hours in New York.
2: Yeah, and then stayed up all night.
3: Yeah, then I stayed up all night. It sucked. It was, like, horrible. I mean, I, I pushed myself so bad that weekend. I was crazy. There's no I, way I could do that now. I can
2: remember opening my hotel room door, and you were trying to put the key in it, like, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um. How have you seen how is how have toy shows been since the dawn of eBay and and the internet for you?
3: Um, the toy shows—it's kind of weird. The toy shows kind of died, but the comic shows have risen. It's kind of—it's kind of a different now. Like in that time, um, the powerhouses used to be the toy shows. Yeah. Like in, in Atlantic City, Atlantic City, New Jersey, the antique show—like I used to do really well with toys there. And but King County was pretty much my strongest show, which is that Toy Show in Chicago, which happened to be mm-hmm,
2: where you a started the
3: show that was only forty minutes from where I grew up. Yeah, and uh, that was always like the head. That was always the best of all shows. And the internet really pretty much killed it. Yeah. And but you know what though, it's a good show. Now actually, uh, we should talk afterward. I should have you come with me to the next one. Uh, you would love it. Did you ever go to King County?
2: I've worked your booth at it, sir.
3: The King County? Oh, was it? Oh, was it King County? Yeah. I mean, but you, but that was wait, but that was the heyday. That wasn't the heyday. I think it was after, wasn't it? I've, what year was that?
2: I've probably been to about seven or eight King Counties.
3: Oh, you were at some of the ones that Nancy would come, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was the heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you were there during the crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, in the nineties, and, and yeah.
3: Okay. Oh, well, I remember because you would actually come up, and you, but you would leave early because you'd drive back, right?
2: Yeah, I would drive back Sunday morning. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah okay, I remember now.
2: I'm yeah, actually, but you never I actually, actually uh, never.
3: You actually never stayed for the full experience, though.
2: Um, I, I can't remember. I think I. I don't think you
3: did the hotel. Did you ever do the hotel before?
2: No, I never did the hotel. I would always stay at a friend's, or, or I couldn't get into that hotel. So.
3: Yeah, because they, they used to do the they used to do the hotels. You'd set up on the hotel on uh, I think what Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I never. I never got into that. I was by the time I was uh, available. Uh, by the time I could afford to go. It was too late, you know. Well, you know, I just I, it wasn't it wasn't what it used used to be, anyways.
3: Still, a well, great show. the new one now, the new fairgrounds now, they tore down the uh, building, they they built a new one. It's actually a nice new building. Huh? And uh, it's you know it's actually good again because um, it's great for buying and, yeah. and it's decent for selling too. I haven't really sold. It. I think I sold. I think I put some stuff on my buddy's table there a couple of times when I just happened to be in town when the show was going on. But it's a great show for buying because because a lot of the people don't go there anymore. I mean, um, friends of mine used to fly in from Italy and Spain and Germany and, you know, uh, Japan, Canada, all over the place, and go every single show, you know, religiously to it. And now it's like uh, hardly anybody goes to it anymore, so now it's a good sh- buy-in show again.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't noticed that you. should about go
3: with me next shows. time and check it out. It was like, uh, it's like it's at the end of March. End of March? Oh, my gosh, it's the end of this month. Crap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or no, in, in April. in, in April. Yeah, end of April? End, of, uh, end of April. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'd love to be able to try and pull it off.
3: Yeah. It's actually gonna probably be uh uh C two E Two is a, there's a show in Chicago April thirteenth to the fifteenth. I might do, I'm not sure yet. Oh very cool. And then uh it's gonna be the end of the month. So you should you should check that out. It'd be it'll be good. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's going to wrap up the first part of our interview with Mark. Um, Stay tuned for the next edition of the Megan Museum podcast, probably coming out in a couple of days. We'll talk with Mark about Heroes in Action toys and the presidential monsters and all kinds of cool stuff like that. We didn't have a listener call-in portion of the show this week, but if you'd like to leave your comments about this week's podcast, um, please give us a call at 213-444-MEGO, or drop us a line at the Contact Us page at megamuseum.com. We'd love to hear what you thought of uh, the interview today with Mark Huckabone. So until next time, this is Scott signing off for Brian, and we at the Miga Museum, as always, urge you to collect them all.
0: go.